Now back to Fitness Fanatics on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hey, welcome back in to the Fitness Fanatics. If you miss any part of our show, you can check out our podcast on theticketfm.com. We are located under the Ticket Weeknights tab under there. Uh, if you have any questions for us, you can reach us at 402-464-5685 on the Starter Heyman text line. We're joined uh, with, I'm just like tongue-tied. We're joined <laughs> on air with Chip and Glenn and Townsend. That was fine. Um, I'm going to turn this over to Nicole. She has a question and, and kind of a subject she wants you two to cover for the next 10, 15 minutes while we have before our next break. So I'm going to turn well, it over to her. When you were giving the acronym, uh, acronym, acronym, <laughs> that's a hard word to say. Acronym. I know. Acronym. <laughs> Say it 10 times fast for me. Yeah, I can't. I can't say it one time slow. I think I can. Even the the closed captioning had me say it wrong. Anyway, um, so the motivation one, um, you know, that is one that sometimes we use that word a lot too. Um, and sometimes that word can be frustrating in the sense that people say, well, I'm not very motivated to do this or whatever. But what I really liked that you had said and that like really struck me is when, when you broke it down into the motive, into your motive, which I think is so different than motivation. Like one is passive and one is active. And I think that motive is really active. And I really liked that a lot. But um, and I just want to kind of have you talk about what to do, what you've done. I'm sure you've seen lots of your students that have kind of started off gung-ho and kind of lost that motivation or have really struggled to start. So one of the things I like to say jokingly, so growing up, I went to church with my grandmother and my aunt and my mom would never go. And she would always say that she wanted to wait until she was right with the Lord to go to church. And so I will sometimes kind of push that back on people when they say they don't want to start, you know, our 10 week program until they're healthy or in shape or until they can exercise. And it's like the same thing. You start exercising to get healthy, to get into shape. You go to church to get right with the Lord. So I always like to use that kind of analogy when we're talking, when I'm talking to people, but what do you do in those situations when people are struggling to start or struggling to stay consistent, stay motivated through their, you know, their journey. Man, I, I, that's a billion dollar question in my mind. Right, right. right. So, so uh, there, there are a few strategies and a few things we do. One of the first things that I do, if it's a student who's going and they're losing motivation, a lot of times I'll, I'll ask them a question. Do you remember your first day? I think the power of reflection is, is amazing. So in other words, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be, you know, a year or two in, or, you know, six months in and all the time they'll be saying little things like, man, I've, I've lost this weight or man, I can touch my toes and I've never been able to do that before. And there's just these, all these little things. And so I think it's also relevant to talk about a little bit. Many times when people come to us for martial arts, they come thinking, I want to learn how to defend myself. I want to learn how to fight back because I, you know, they're, they're thinking in this little silo of like, I'm going to learn how to hit or how to, and then they get into the program, just like with you guys. And all of a sudden they find it's almost like a giant family in this really positive culture that makes them feel good. And they're constantly encouraged, right? Uh, 
And so they, they get going with that and they make comments like, man, I've, I've gone down to, to, you know, shirt sizes, or I can touch my toes and I've never been able to do that before. And so one of the first things I do when people start talking about uh, wanting to pull away or losing motivation is, do you remember your first day? The power of reflection. A lot of times, just that question alone, they kind of go back. You see them go back in their mind and they're like, oh yeah. And I'll ask them things like, do you remember making the comment to me about your, you know, going down pant sizes? Or do you remember the time that you did X in class and you didn't think you could? Another thing that we do is whenever people test for black belt, uh, we have them write papers and we strategically give them topics. And without trying to be too obvious, it's topics like, you know, how would you define martial arts in your life? And then whenever they start to struggle, sometimes we pull those papers out and have them look at them. We go, do you remember when you wrote this? And try to encourage them to get back to that feeling. Uh, we, we talk in terms of feeling sometimes too. We'll say, yeah. do you remember the feeling? Uh, we like, have that with, with, uh, with teams that are going into like a big competition and they're, you're looking at going into, you know, hours of prep It's going to have, that's going to have to happen. The practice is not always, you know, everybody wants to be the champion until they realize what it is to be, what, mm -hmm. what has to happen to be the champion or everybody wants to be fit until they actually, you know, all of those things. We, we understand that. And one of the, the, the little things that we say is, I need you to remember the feeling. Remember that feeling of stepping off of the stage and that little kid going, you're amazing. Or, or think back to a time, and we've done this, you know, with people in fitness areas where it's like, remember a time whenever you, you felt great. That may be 20 years ago. Okay, remember how, how good that felt. You can have that again. Yeah, yeah I like just that. Remind you. Yeah, sorry, Nicole. No, you're good. I like that a lot. So that reminds me of, and I'm bringing this up because I saw this on your website. You kind of have an affiliation or sponsorship or something with Dave Kovar. Right. And so Dave Kovar has spoken um, at the Farrell's things before too. And I, he, years ago at one of our extravaganzas, he gave a talk and he talked about how as a business owner, how every day when you're walking in like being grateful being thankful reflecting and as you're putting your key in the door walking into the door um you know kind of setting up that gratefulness and stuff and that has stuck with me for years and years and it's not every day but you know multiple times probably a week a month i put the key in the door and i think about that and i think that's important because like with our members or people their first day starting, you know, with martial arts, even not even always thinking about the great things, but thinking about how far you've come and thinking, you know, trying to get people to remember, like tomorrow is your first day. October 3rd will be our first kickboxing class for right. our next group of people. And having them really think about, be aware of how you feel when you walk into that door the first day. And then how every day your confidence builds every time you walk in the door. So I think that kind of goes hand in hand. And that really made me think of that kind of Dave Kovar little story too, which really uh, still sticks with me. Yeah, that makes me super happy because he and I are very close and I will, I will pass that yeah. back along to him. He'll be hearing that. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking to Cole, that's super powerful. Like in martial arts, we bow, right? Mm -hmm. And so a couple of the things we tell our students all the time are we don't wear shoes on the mat and we bow, which I know that's a little different than, than the, the ferals, you know, on the mat. But uh, 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 we tell people when you bow, 
think of pouring yourself out. You're emptying your cup. And when you walk on the mat, you're kind of a blank slate ready to receive, right? Uh, we tell people when you take your shoes off, really kind of before you bow, put your problems in your shoes. Put your whole day in there. Put your whole month if you need to. Whatever you're struggling with, leave it in your shoes, put it on the shelf, bow it into your cup, blank your slate, let that hour or 45 minutes or two hours, whatever it is, be just for you to refill yourself, to rejuvenate, to serve yourself, right? And when you leave the mat, you are now better equipped to handle the problems that you left in your shoes. As a matter of fact, sometimes those problems have shrunk so much, they're almost gone, right? And so it's, it's a very powerful thing. But back to what you were saying about uh, uh, and getting people to start, what, when you yeah. were talking about how do you get people sometimes to pull the trigger on starting is uh, I've walked by parents many times because we teach tons of adults. So we do have a lot of adults. Mm -hmm. I've walked by parents and they'll, they'll have their kids on the mat and they're leaning, right? Yeah. They're like leaning when the kids are working. And I'll say, hey, why don't you try a class? You know, why don't you jump in? And a lot of times I'll get, oh, I'm too old or, oh, I'm out of shape or, oh, I need to get ready first. Like you were talking yeah. about that mm -hmm. boggles my mind. I'm like, that's what we're here for. Right. right? Yeah. So, so, uh, so what I'll do sometimes, and I don't know if this is the greatest business practice, I'll go in the, the, the pro shop, I'll grab a gear uniform and I'll walk by and I'll set it in their lap and I'll say, here's a gift for me to you. I want to see you in class tomorrow. I've started a ton of adults like that, that have become black belts and trained for years because they want to, but they're just not quite willing to take the steps. So I just shove them on the mat kind of, right? <laughs> and I've never had a single one of them come back and say, I regret starting. I really haven't. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes lovingly, we ask this question, we'll ask our black belts and you know, we have black belt get togethers and trainings and I'll ask them sometimes I'll say, look guys, if I could give you a million dollars cash right now to delete every friendship, every memory and all of your skills who would take the cash right now. And I, in almost 40 years of martial arts, I've never had a single person say I would take that money. Every single person goes, absolutely not. I love too much the culture, the friendships, the skills I've built, the confidence that's grown out of this. There's no way I would change that. So, and then uh, the last thing I'll say about that real quick is, you know, I was thinking about this quote, the best time to plant a tree was like 50 years ago. Yeah. Second blessing is today. Plant yeah. your tree. Let's go and stop dragging your feet, right? Yep. That's good advice. Do you have anything, Jeff? So, oh, no. Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. Okay. Oh, I was going to tell you guys a quick story that I think relates uh, around motive. Uh, so oh, in, yeah. 2000, in 2008, I was at the World Breaking Competition. And in 2004 and five, I won these titles called the World Ultimate Breaking Championship. So it was like a... A culmination of multiple divisions and you had to be consistent across divisions win divisions and so i became kind of the guy in those divisions in 2006 i severed my achilles tendon so i cut it so i had like a year recovery and uh 2007 i had an opportunity to go do a show in vegas for somebody and so i skipped two years of breaking competition and i'm, I'm hearing people saying things like yeah chip you know he got hurt he can't do it anymore and I, I was feeling some internal struggle with my man. Could I go back? And there's something to be said for winning a championship. There's another thing, a totally different thing to be said for defending it. And then I was feeling like not only have I won it and then defended it, but I've let it go. And now I'm kind of the underdog. I've lost my seating. I've lost everything. Can I come back and do it again? So I went back one more time in 2008 and re-won that title. But in that competition, 
in one of the divisions, I broke my arm and I thought, man, I'm done. Cause the last division I had to use that arm for breaking. Mm-hmm. And so I sit down next to my wife and I laid my head on her shoulder cause I was feeling kind of sick to my stomach. I said, I think I broke my arm. I was, I was sure of it cause I know my body pretty well. And I thought to myself, she's going to give me a, a, some grace here and say, absolutely no problem. You did your best. We'll just go home and call it good. And she whispers in my ear and she goes, you can do anything for eight seconds. The next division was eight seconds, breaking as many boards as you can using both hands and both feet. And so I had this moment of accountability. I had a massive boost of motivation, for lack of better words. Mm-hmm. When my other half whispers in my ear, I believe in you. I know what you can do. You can do this, right? And so I went on stage, long story short, I set a new world, world record in that eight seconds. Break, I broke like 14 different boards with a broken arm on that one hand, but wow. I broke 36 in eight seconds. I upped the world record by nine boards. But what was cool was as I was doing it, I don't really remember doing it. It was almost like kind of an out-of-body experience. I feel like it was a God moment, like he kind of swooped in and carried me through something. But it was also a reflection of being teachable. I had to look back and realize the filter that I ran all of that through. I was teachable. I was excellent. I was accountable. My wife motivated me. All of those things happened in that moment. But uh, it was just this amazing uh, feeling to have that happen. And then again, look back and see all those things kind of culminate. Because I had put in hundreds of hours of hard killer practice to make that happen. And my, my muscle memory, my body kicked in, everything mm-hmm. just happened and flowed well. And, you know, back to being motivated, if it hadn't been for Glenn Ann whispering that in my ear, I probably would have set everything down and said, I'm out this year guys and walked away. And so, uh, I think it's powerful. I guess the, at the yeah. end of the day, what I'm trying to say is important who we surround ourselves with. Well, uh, and it's really powerful that motivation is in the right in the middle of your acronym too. And that perseverance that, is the last one. And that's really what got you there. That's what finished it. That's the period at the end of the sentence. So I think that's pretty powerful too. Absolutely. Uh, I I couldn't agree more. mm -hmm. Next question. We got a few minutes here before we go to break. Um, What's the number one piece of advice you give to our listeners that are, you know, struggling right now with, with finding motivation. This is like, because in the last week, I've been on a couple shows here on the ticket and had a lot of good conversations and people texting in about how they want to start, but they they're scared. They're like, you know, busy, busy uh, kids at I mean, all kinds of stuff that we all come up with. Um, what's the number one advice you give to those people who are and not just starting ferals, because, you know, hopefully we have, we have people from all over the country that listen to this on the podcast. So, you know, just starting any type of fitness routine or, or trying to take their life back, but they just don't know if they can do it. The number one thing, uh, I think that I would say is, you know, back to the tree, no time like the present to get started. Uh, the guy that you look up to that's out there being hyper successful, whether it's an athlete, successful business person, whoever that is, they have the same 24 hours a day, 365 days a week you have. Mm-hmm. The feelings that you have of doubt are fully in your control. Fear, false expectations appearing real. You're building that fear in your mind. And one 
once you take the step and you break the threshold and you step through that door for the first time, that's the biggest and the hardest step. You begin to create momentum. So I think the, uh, and, and, and then the, the next thing, I know it's a lot, but is it's not just about you. You know, you serve a bigger picture. And like I said, I kind of go back to that order of priorities. I serve God. Would God want me to sit back and be fearful? No, he wants me to be a warrior. He wants me to be a warrior for him. He wants me to step in and go hard, right? And I know it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that sometimes, but uh, he wants me to do that so that I can take the gifts he's given me and spread those gifts, use them to serve, right? And so uh, I would just encourage them that it's all in your mind. Those people that are successful have nothing more than you have. We look over there and we go, man, that grass looks so green. And I, I don't know if I can say this, but I tell people all the time, it's greener where we pee on it, man. <laughs> it's greener where we watered. It's greener where we work on it, right? Well, and, and those so, people have the same fears too and stressors and, you know, they have those too. They just have learned how to go beyond that to succeed. Absolutely. They've wrapped their mind around the idea that it's okay to be afraid. We all are. I'm afraid every time I walk on a stage, walking on the stage to speak at Farrell's, I was super nervous and uncomfortable inside. But I just, I try to hone that and let it drive me. Does that make sense? I try to get yeah. up there and get in my zone and just let that fuel my fire to move forward. Well, and, and as so much as we, we don't like to live in fear, sorry to interrupt, but we don't like to good. live in fear. The only way to get over it is to face it. Like there, it just doesn't go away. It, it's not going to go away until you face it. Jeff would not, Jeff would still be afraid to break that board right now if he hadn't been forced to do it. <laughs> so the only way to get through that over that fear is to face it. And if you don't like to be afraid, then, then just face your fear. Absolutely. It is really, it is really that simple, right? Yeah. But <laughs> so easy. Sometimes in, sometimes in the moment facing it, but you know what else was cool with the board breaking? I'm so glad you brought that up because I can't count how many people came up to me after and, and said to me, I didn't think I could do that, but it <laughs> felt so amazing when I did. Yeah. And I think that's, that is the power of that little board breaking experience is like that fear but it's a tangible, I did it. And I feel so good. I feel accomplished. Does that make sense? Well, and I think the question of, you know, like with the board break or with, with face, you know, what is, what's the worst that could happen? You go, you try this class, you fall down. Who cares? Right. Yeah. You know, that's so true. you try to break the board, you don't break it first. Okay. Try again. Yeah. You know, and, and whenever you realize, really look at what's the worst that could happen. Mm, the worst usually we have some sort of worst this big thing in our heads mm -hmm. and when you realize that most people are there you're worried about what everybody else is thinking but those people are actually worried about what you're thinking yeah and when you realize that people are not thinking about you they're thinking about them yeah that's <laughs> right. so true yeah no. my dad told me something one time i could hear his long story i was it was dark i could hear coyotes in the distance howling and i was scared and my dad walked up next to me and I, he said, what's wrong? And I said, daddy, I'm, I'm scared. I, I hear those wolves. And he said, well, baby, those aren't wolves. Those are coyotes. He said, they're not big and mean like wolves. He said, but listen, they're more afraid of you than you are yeah. of them. Mm -hmm. And when we can wrap the idea around uh, uh, the guy that's up there succeeding is just as afraid as the next guy. Yep. He just understands how to kind of wrap his brain around it and, and push that fear back. 
Great. Now, yep. Glenn Ann, I don't know if you know this, but this is a little story about our board. We're supposed thing. to go to no, break. What, what, real okay. quick before we go. So <laughs> okay. I want to I tell her this. <laughs> now, if I remember right, when people were struggling to break the board, Chip was having them use his chest as a practice shot <laughs> where he'd be like, come on, come on. And they're just wham right in his chest. Do you remember this? Yeah. Oh, I remember it well. <laughs> so he's like, come on, come on. And then that would be scarier. Yeah, I think he's just up like this. Yeah. Like he's just like, hit me right here. And then he moved the board over and they were ready and they were bam. Yeah. So I didn't know if you knew he did that or not. That's crazy. Oh yes, I do. I watch him do it all the time. I think he might. I think he might have said, "Now my wife might wonder where I got these bruises from." Here, I'm like, yeah. She actually knows when I come back with a handprint on my chest. She's like, "Chip, you did it again." Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we are up on our last break. We'll be right back with Chip and Glenn Ann Townsend here on the Fitness Fanatics.